Communication Mixed Down. The show that takes a critical look at contemporary media. And explores the way we use communication to make sense of the world around us. From social media to citizen journalism. To the logo on the front of your favorite t-shirt. It's all part of the Communication Mixdown. Each week, Thursday, 6 to 6.30, Communication Mixdown. Cranking up. Right here on 3CR. Welcome to this week's edition of Communication Mixdown. I'm John Langer. And I'm Bronwyn Cran. Well, the results of the protracted same-sex marriage postal survey are in. The outcome was a resounding yes. Truckloads of commentary have followed, trying to explain and unpick the results and what they mean for on-the-ground politics and for our understanding of the social and cultural fabric of contemporary Australia. Now, what hasn't been so much discussed is the role of different types of communication that played a part in the Yes campaign. In essence, the way that campaigners on the Yes side were mobilizing through a variety of communication platforms to take their cause to the public. Our first guest this week is someone who was and still is in the thick of the Yes campaign because, as you know, it's not over yet. He's Adam Noble, and he's the Director of Digital Communication for the National Marriage Equality Campaign. Welcome, Adam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And I wanted to locate our conversation specifically around those few months where the actual postal vote was being done. It was sent out in early November, returned in early, sorry, sent out in early September, came back early November. From the start of that period to the end, did you have any, have to make any dramatic adjustments to the way you were using particularly social media and who you were targeting? Yeah, I think definitely. So, I mean, one of the things to remember about this is that it kind of sprung up really from nowhere uh, quite quickly. And this is kind of a process that Australians are not really used to. We are used to a compulsory voting system where we uh, turn up at a ballot day, we have a moment that we all vote together. And this idea of a postal survey being sent um, to your house where you vote in your own home um, and then you have to post it back is very, very, very strange. So I think online media played a really um, crucial role in kind of covering an entire continent mm-hmm. um, in terms of providing information um, to let people know what was happening, uh, how to request their new ballot papers if they'd lost theirs, how to post it back. And we also knew that people um, would post uh, within 24 hours of kind of 24 to 48 hours of receiving their survey. That's the time that they were most likely to vote. So the internet kind of allowed us to move really quickly on the front. And there were a few surprises along the way and a, a few different times that we had to change the way we communicated. So um, as an example, um, surveys arrive, arrived in uh, letterboxes much earlier than everyone predicted, including the government. Um, so early on, we had to communicate very quickly that survey papers are arriving right now, everybody. Um, and one of the ways that we kind of got that message out uh, online, which I think was really powerful, was we kind of created this idea of social reinforcement by encouraging people to post a photo of themselves posting their ballot back. 
Um, and it was a very orchestrated thing, but it became very organic and viral very quickly of, of people posting the photo of them taking that action and making a moment around the vote. Um, mm. And then I think one of the other things that we had to do over time was as we saw the different turnout um, results uh, through our polling, our private polling, um, of different age demographics, we had to sort of pivot and target different groups of people. So, um, you know, one of the groups that we were most concerned about at different times and, and d- d- created mm. a lot of content for and encouragement for were uh, young people. Yeah, I was going to, that's exactly what was, was my next question, Adam. Um, there was a lot of talk about young people not knowing what a letter was, not knowing how to post a letter in a, in a, in a, bo- in a post box. So you were dealing with this very much in terms of social media and me, me, social media messaging. How did you how did you do all that? Yeah, I think it's one of the the kind of interesting things about this. Um, people early on predicted that the turnout rates could be as low as forty percent, um, and obviously we've gotten to a great seventy nine point five percent of people posting their surveys back. I think the thing with young people is. Um, it's a little more complex than sometimes we like to talk about as well. Like young people are also often renters. They are, uh, have been transient and moving between houses. And so I think one of the things that we found with young people was that there was a lot of encouragement and reminder to be done um, and to get them to post uh, their surveys back. But it was also about letting them know how to request a replacement survey if mm. you know they hadn't moved electorate, so hadn't updated on the electoral roll, but they had moved house within an electorate and so the survey hadn't arrived or if the survey had arrived in their parents' house, making mm. sure they would travel mm. back home and get it. So there was a lot of work around creating content to target young people in that way. A lot of our online advertising um, was also targeted at young people. Um, some of the stuff uh, from experts has kind of predicted that the no side of the campaign outspent the yes side of the campaign five to one. Mm. Um, I think that that may be accurate. Um, mm-hmm. We certainly spent um, more of our energy talking with people online. We thought that that was the, yep. the kind of more valuable strategy than television or newspaper advertising. Yes, and yes. so we run a lot of sort of key demographic advertising towards young people, um, reminding them to post their yes mm. vote back. And I think that, that you can see a turn at high turnout in young people, which I think is kind of a success for that. Um, we hit young people um, as many as seven times in a three-week period with different adverts reminding them to post back. Wow. It's one of the things you were mentioning, I spoke to you uh, yesterday, just just a little bit of a, a, a brief thing. What You were saying that you were using humor particularly and uh, in some of the social messaging, and, and that was directed to young people. Yeah, it's one of the very interesting things about um, Australian marriage equality and, and where we've come from and, and how we kind of communicate is we do kind of pay attention to our different audience um, segments, and, and we have a lot of very valuable um, and important supporters who are parents of LGBTI children, and they're some of our most active supporters, and we spend a lot of time creating content for them, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, when we were campaigning for a free vote. And what was kind of very interesting is as we were kind of trying to reach out to young people um, uh, to encourage them to post their surveys back, we needed to use a very different voice. Um, so at different times, we had to kind of pivot the, the tone and the style of messaging from very earnest and, and loving and family messages to something that was a bit more humorous and a bit more, uh, you know, mm. kind of a, a fear of missing out. You know, be part of history, 
be part of making this change? Right. Is it in the bottom of your bag? Dig it out. Mm-hmm. Kind of using some memes, using some social um, reinforcement and trying to... Yeah, so it was very interesting to shift the message at different times the, the, throughout the campaign in that way. The term that I know is FOMO, is the fear of missing out, yeah? Yeah, 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 we did a lot of FOMO, <laughs> a lot of FOMO advertising. Uh, something else that was, was very interesting in relation to your campaign and wanted you to talk about it is what you call the unexpected supporter strategy. Tell us about that. So um, one of the things that when we started to look at uh, targeting uh, different audiences who who supported marriage equality to kind of grow our social media channels and, and reach new people, is we started to try and pay attention to the kinds of stories that people, different audience segments would relate to. Um, we had some hitters, hits and misses uh, mm-hmm. when we tried different strategies and different stories, but the kind of universal hit for our um, page was often something that was um, powerful and moving, but it was also something that we like to call the unexpected supporter. We find that if someone uh, was older, uh, a grandparent, um, an old gruff uh, rock star, <laughs> uh, anyone who sort of fit in that kind of category of something where people are like, oh my god, they're okay with marriage equality, that would um, that would obviously inevitably do very well right. with people sharing it quite a lot. Absolutely. I can. I, I, had, I didn't see this stuff, but I can I absolutely imagine it, the, the gruff old grandpa with a glass of beer in his hand or something along those lines. <laughs> and uh, something else that uh, is interesting in, that you mentioned as well was uh, to do with vi- the use of video on Facebook. You said that was a really important part of, part of the, uh, the campaign as well. Yeah, video was very, very important to us. We've actually been looking at this um, this week a little bit further. We think um, well, we're pretty sure that we used video um, much more than than many other campaigns. Um, we uh, believe it's 141 videos we released during the survey period alone. Wow. So remembering that that was four month wow. a four month period, mm. um, we cut a lot of very videos very, very quickly, and we used video because for a couple of reasons. Um, there was a very uh, sort of, um, you know, algorithm-based reason for Facebook where Facebook now prioritizes video. Yes. But we also used video because a lot of our strategy was based on sharing powerful personal stories and video kind of does have a lot, a lot of justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of our, yeah, a lot of our work was around sharing uh, as many videos as we could. And we were pretty resourceful in how we did that. We had... Um, one of the amazing things I think about our video use is that we actually, for the majority of the time that we've uh, existed as a campaign, we've had two paid staff and one volunteer working on videos, which is a very small team mm. for 140 videos. Wow. But we kind of are very frugal in the way we work. We, um, you know, we know a powerful story when we see it. Mm. Um, and then when we go and film with someone, we've kind of already worked it out. We try and make two to three videos from that one interview and that's kind of how we kind of got to the the number that we did but video was incredibly important mm. um to our campaign adam it's Just really wanted- sorry it's really interesting to hear hearing all this actually and uh, obviously you're very not not just frugal but very smart way of producing stuff i think one of the the other statistics that i like um is that uh it was um 18.8 million uh, views of our videos in that four-month period. And one of the successes that we had was a, an older um, gay couple um, 
Peter Duval and um, Peter Bonsall Boone. They were together for 50 years and Peter and, and Bon were the first gay kiss on Australian television uh, on a, a show called Checkerboard. Um, and unfortunately, we lost Bon uh, to cancer, um, unfortunately, a few months ago. But their personal story was um, shared quite widely and, and viewed by over 2 million people. And that came kind of at a crucial point in the campaign of really explaining the impact of marriage equality and why it matters to so many people and why it matters to so many families. families. Look, that's probably a really great place to stop, actually. Uh, I've got lots of other questions I would have loved to have asked you, but uh, I think <laughs> I think we've covered a heap of ground. And I want to really thank you very much for being on Communication Mixdown and keep up the good work, Adam. Thanks for having me. And everyone, pay attention as the legislation goes through, hopefully in the next few weeks. You bet. And we're talking there with Adam Noble. He's the digital campaign director for the National Marriage Equality Campaign. We are Communication Mixdown. The Solidarity and Defence Fund is a democratically controlled fund that materially supports activists who are facing legal sanctions or other problems due to their stand against injustice and oppression. All contributors who pledge at least $5 a month can take part in collectively making decisions about how the fund is used. Your contributions support and grow movements for social justice and defend activists in the fight for a better world. For more information or to join, go to patreon.com forward slash solidarity defense fund that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash solidarity defense fund a 3cr supporter you are invited to sampari exhibition celebrating west papuan culture sampari a series of events supporting the west papuan people's goal for self-determination Art, discussion, spoken word performance, debate and Melanesian food and culture. Friday, 8th December at 6pm till Sunday, 17th December. ACU Gallery, 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Go to Sampari Exhibition Facebook or DFAIT West Papua website. Sampari. Brought to you by Federal Republic of West Papua Women's Office, a 3CR supporter. The United Struggle Project presents The Change, revolutionary hip-hop theatre, evolution to revolution. Join us for an interactive performance taking audience on an epic journey through the Collingwood Estate Underground Car Park, transformed into many worlds for you to explore. Friday the 24th of November, 7pm, or the matinee show at 3pm on Saturday, November the 25th. $10 or $5 unwaged, no one turned away. Get your tickets now at Eventbrite or through our Facebook page. Hey, all you mob, be a part of the change. This ain't a pill to will, as into apathy. Meet us on the front line and often attend embassy. Burn. The change is a 3CR supporter. Well, the postal survey result was a massive yes, wasn't it, John? So, And we're not done and dusted yet um, in terms of legislation. And we've got some big pushback from the hard right conservative pollies. So mm-hmm. Parliament resumes on December the 4th, which is a Monday week. So I guess we're going to be hearing a lot more, hopefully, uh, a lot more messages 
from uh, marriage equality yes. and uh, from our other community organisations in Australia leading up to the legislation hitting hitting the floor. Absolutely. And uh, it is, um, as you said right at the very beginning, it's, it, it's such a wasteful exercise in a way. It's just such, such a backward step. And the other thing, I guess, is to connect that with the sort of stuff that's going on in Victoria with the assisted dying legislation, which has just been passed. And um, again, an unbelievable pushback from, you know, four people, basically, reading incredible stuff in, into Hansard. And anyway, we'll have to pick up on that some other time in Communication Mixdown. So bit of a truncated show today, and uh, we will be back next week.